Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munsnyder and Jason from Frozen Carbonite to talk about some new releases over the last two weeks and to talk to rival podcaster Ryan Lay about his new board sponsor, Sci-Fi Fantasy. So, Ryan, how did you end up being Sci-Fi Fantasy's first pro? Ooh, um, I, uh, I have a long... I guess like a, I have a, not a storied relationship, but I do have a long relationship with Jerry Sue from when I used to ride for enjoy. Uh, it was like maybe eight or nine years ago, I want to say. Um, and we left enjoy around the same time. Uh, I think he left on his own will and I got kicked off <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I, uh, I've just known him over the years. We traveled together a little bit. And then when he started sci-fi, he had sent me clothes because there were a handful of people that he was just kind of giving clothes to. And so, uh, yeah, I got clothes from him for a few years and then, or maybe like a year. And then he started making boards. And I think November of last year when I was in Mexico city, actually, I was just kind of feeling a little lost as, as to what I was doing skate wise. And I mean, to be honest, I, I kind of felt like I was ready to retire. And then I had a conversation with him when I was there and that ended up turning into a, a long phone call. And, you know, he was like, yeah, I want to turn this into a board brand. And he, he was like, I'd be stoked if you rode for it. So uh, I kind of got the, the wheels rolling uh, early December uh, se- secretly. Um, and then I kind of formally quit welcome i would say mid-january uh but but because the boards were already in production it ended up being this thing that was like four months that i had this little window of being in between sponsors that that's interesting because um i just looked it up the border says you're 34 and i I was wondering when i when i'd seen that you'd quit welcome i was like okay dude's been in the game for a while and you have outside interest in like beyond skateboarding for sure like do you ever think like this is kind of a recommitment to being pro for at least a little bit longer? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing that that I've been feeling, and I think a lot of older pros struggle with this who don't have like a solid shoe contract, which, you know, like for lack of a better term, we'll call ourselves B pros. But <laughs> I, I think that a lot of people, you know, other things come up, relationships come up, jobs come up. I mean, I have a full-time job right now and I have other interests even like athletically that I'm trying to pursue as well. And uh, I think that if I'm going to stick around skating, I want to do stuff that I'm really stoked on and, you know, creatively inspired by. So I think with welcome, you know, no dig against them. They're, they've been super great to me and really supportive, but it's, you know, like I had a, a first part in one of their videos. I had a last part in one of their videos and, you know, we did a bunch of tour stuff and, whole bunch of other shit in between. And so it just felt like I had kind of exhausted what was possible with that brand. And um, because I didn't really have a lot of other outlets, I just kind of felt like, well, you know, I like to travel and do these trips to, you know, places that maybe don't get so much shine in the skate industry. But aside from that, I don't really, I felt a little stuck, you know? And so I felt like if I was going to keep doing it, uh, I wanted to ride for a brand that I felt really stoked about and that like there was a lot of possibility, you know, like I don't want to go ride for another company unless they're doing something that is, again, like really going to get me get me pumped to work on a project because yeah, the other thing is like skating just takes a lot out of you, you know, it's really demanding physically. No doubt. Yeah, Ryan, Jason here. Um, 
I always wondered how much, like, to what extent did you skate the shape boards that welcome me? Because if I recall correctly, in that one video part you just mentioned, you were only skating them like a few times or something like that. No, I actually, uh, so I skated Jordan Sanchez's shape, which has a squared off tail and a round nose. It's really similar to the polar P2 shape, I think. All right. Um, I skated that board a lot, but I also skated my board a lot and I really like that shape and I do, I skated that board for like six or seven years uh, and they, they changed it a little bit and rounded it off, you know, and then when, when Townley turned pro, they basically made him a popsicle, but I didn't really like that board a whole lot. And so, yeah, I skated shape boards and it was fine. I had never actually really skated shape boards before riding to welcome for welcome. And then afterwards, uh, I switched to popsicles and I had like a week where I felt, you know, like, Oh, this feels a little strange, but then it just, I don't know. I'm not super picky about boards. I don't, I'm not the kind of person who measures wheelbase or anything like that. But I will say that, uh, I skated the first sci-fi board that I skated did have a, like a shorter wheelbase and it was really shallow. It's like, it's the yellow one. And I felt like I was like, I don't know if I could skate this board. And if this is the biggest board that they have, I don't even know what I'm going to do. So uh, luckily they had another eight and a half that, that just has like regular, because I think they just use generator uh, stock shapes and they have an eight and a half that has a bigger nose and tail. And right. so, yeah, the transition has been pretty mellow. I can't, I can barely tell the difference between my old board and, and my new one. Speaking of the new board, how, how did the first graphic go? Is that just... Jerry said, here's the graphic or was there a discussion or did you bring ideas? Like how, how to come about? Yeah, I gave him some ideas, um, but really, you know, I mean, part of the allure of writing for sci-fi was that I, you know, looked up to Jerry, like a lot of people and really trusted him in making the right decisions for what we were going to do creatively. And so he gave me a handful of, uh, of graphic choices. And that was kind of the one that we arrived on, you know, I was pretty happy about it, but yeah, it's basically just like, you know, here's, here's some stuff we're working on, you know, which one do you think would be good for a pro board? Cause I always feel like, I mean, I felt the same way writing for welcome where I'm just like, I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't begin to know how to like make a graphic, but I do know that when I see one that I like, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's the one that, that one looks good. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of welcome and they have such an established aesthetic, like, it's got to be pretty cool to go to a new brand without an established aesthetic. And like, like it, it's just got to be all new. Is, is there, are you excited? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, a, a funny, a funny story is that my, my, because we've been in between moving, I usually get my boxes shipped to my parents. Uh, and so just because, you know, I know no, nothing will get stolen and I usually go over there like a couple times a week anyways. And so my parents got my first box of my, my pro board and my mom looked at it and she goes, <laughs> she's like, is, is this the graphic that you wanted? Is this, is this what you like? Cause I, I think she just totally doesn't understand it, you know, because you know, all the welcome boards look like works of art, you know, you love them or hate them. Like they, they have like a, a clear aesthetic and they look like there's a lot of work that's been put into them. And so for, for my mom to just see some stacked, uh, she's like, yeah, these are the chairs we have in the backyard. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Dang, man, your mom's breaking like number one rule of the box. Nobody opens it. But Yeah, my family for my entire career has done that. My very first box that I got from Crooked, my brother opened that. And that one actually, uh, we got into a huge fight about it. I'm like, you can't open my box. 
And I'm like, all the stuff's still in there. How, 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 how did you verify that? You can't verify that. <laughs> yeah, the ta- once the tape's broken, it's, uh, it's the seal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to send it back. Just talk yeah. to the TM. Just be like, I got to send it back. My brother got into it. <laughs> so can you divulge? I'm just going straight for the news making here. Can you divulge, like, where is sci-fi fantasy going? Are, you know, Aaron's in your video part. She's got a rad clip. Like, she's gonna be on or yeah Aaron Aaron is Aaron is on um and I think that you know things have been pretty ambiguous for the past you know year and I think like to Jerry's credit I think that that's made the brand a little more exciting because it's been a little elusive um but you know Aaron's definitely more in the mix than I am probably even she has a really good relationship with Jerry and has been filming a lot and uh has been working on a video part and I felt bad because, like, you know, like all this was time with me turning pro. And I think that people were like, oh, well, what's up with Aaron? And But Aaron's working on a video part that is going to come out and will be really good and is like pursuing a career in professional skating as well. But it's it's just like the timing didn't work out with that. And, you know, she's very uh, she she grew up in the same era that we did, which is like, no, you got to put out a video part before you turn pro or before you're uh-huh. like considered like a real you know, real skater or not a real skater, but you know what I mean? And so, yeah, she's, she's working on that. And I mean, Jerry, I don't know. Jerry told me he's working on <laughs> on a part on the Garbanzo bank to ledge. So we'll see if that comes to fruition, but what, I don't is, know. what is the Garbanzo bank to ledge? I feel like I should know. If this. you look at Jerry's Instagram, it's like this really steep bank to ledge that he is always skating. He like most okay. recently did a switch 180 nose grind a fakie on it. So dude yeah. still rips, right? Yeah. I, I th- he does rip. And I wish that he had had a pro board come out with me, but I think, you know, he ran into the same issue that Millick ran into at Frog, which is like, feels weird giving yourself a pro board when there's not really anyone else on the team. But I was like, look, if you're going to give me a board, it's really weird. I feel really weird having the only pro board on the team right now. Like, cause Jerry's Jerry, you know, no, no one is going to be like, oh man, that guy's got a pro board. He's untouchable. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. He, he nollie back heel at Lincoln, you know, like hmm. he's, he's set for life. No one's ever going to question his credibility. But I could, I could see the feeling like every sci-fi board is a Jerry board kind of, or yes. in the beginning it was before, before you were pro. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And maybe also like he doesn't want the pressure expectation to feel like he needs to like film or um, put out a part, but I don't think that anyone cares about that stuff anymore. Like with all our old favorite pros, it's just like, whatever, skate park clip, ledge line, like doesn't matter. He's a made man. Put out a clip. You're fine. Jason, (laughs) what were you asking? Oh, I was going to ask, are y'all looking at any other... Any other writers or just trying to keep it small? I think that it's gonna stay, yeah, I think it's going to stay small for now. Um, the, Max Garson gets boards. I think a couple other people get boards too, but I don't really know if he has like a bigger vision for it. So I, I, I guess I can't really say what right. what is expected. There's definitely nothing that's like hiding where it's going to be this big thing. Because I think that like the last few years of the brand has been Jerry just kind of casually making a decision to do, you know, he's like, Oh, we're going to make shirts and sweatshirts. And it's, I guess it's like a brand now. And then he's like, I'm going to make calculators. And then he told me he was like, well, I made calculators. And I was like, I could just make decks. 
because he felt weird about turning it into a board brand if he made decks and it's like no you could just make boards and it's fine like it can be a board brand or it can just be a thing you know because i mean really at the end of the day every company is just kind of a you know t-shirt sweatshirt company right yeah that's where the uh the money's at in the soft goods <laughs> yeah and uh, along those lines what's your take on the brand popping up and i think this was like before like making words even thought of what's your take on the brand popping up like in the culture at large like on that show euphoria like kim kardashian was wearing the hat and shit like that yeah i think that that just speaks to jerry's influence in like broader culture right like he doesn't yeah. he he's like transcends even being a skateboarder i think i read that was floating around on twitter but cat jerry's wife like uh had a working relationship with the Ca uh, not the casting director, but the costume designer for Euphoria. And, and that person was like, oh, yeah, I've always been a big fan of Jerry. And I think that there's just lots of people in L.A. and New York that like Jerry and I don't know, I want to support him. And so they, they they know him because they, you know, followed skating at some point in time and, and respect him. And also he has a pretty uh, distinguished career as an artist, you know, as a, as a photographer. Right. So um, when we were off air non-recording you said that you'd move back to arizona after a short stint i think not that long in in california um orange county costa mesa like why why'd you move back to phoenix i, I um, guess i'm assuming phoenix area yeah I, I live in tempe but it's next to phoenix um i moved to, to costa mesa because my girlfriend was in a residency and okay. uh that ended up only being a six month stint. It was supposed to be a year, but due to COVID, there were some things that happened. And so uh, we basically just were like, you know, we don't want to stay here long term. California is like really expensive to live. Uh, if, you know, I mean, you can rent and, and hang out there, but, you know, longer term, it, it's really difficult. So we just knew we didn't want to stay and uh, we wanted to be closer to family. So we, we came back here and, uh, like right before Christmas, but I, I can't say that I was much of a fan of, of Costa Mesa in general. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I made a couple of good friends out there and, and, you know, walked on the beach a bunch, but other than that, it's not, not my favorite place. What's up, what's up with the AZ scene anymore? I, I suppose when I say AZ scene, I'm talking about like, you know, desert skate parks and crazy parking lot spots you you've you've tweeted about it a little bit so I feel yeah like the door's yeah open. yeah i kind of think that you know like our heyday was like the heyday like happy medium slash boyish era of of like early independent videos yep and i think that in the last few years for whatever reason things have just kind of got really stagnant i think that a lot of smaller cities probably just have a little bit of the skate version of brain drain where, you know, the best skaters just want to migrate right after high school to LA or New York. And yeah, I don't know what, what has been going on, but it has felt like pretty dead for the past five years, which is definitely a bummer. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of my good friends, Ted Schmitz included have, oh, have man. left, you know, things, you know, people become adults and they, they, they can't, uh, foreground the, uh, the slab ledge that we skate after <laughs> after work <laughs> but uh yeah i think in the last six months though things are starting to feel pretty good again i mean eric dinescu and brian masterson who are local filmers here eric i worked on my sci-fi part with they put out that video midtone which i really thought was was like a really good local video 
Um, and it seems like there's some things in the works and, you know, uh, I hope that the scene stays really strong. I mean, Cowtown is a, is like a really strong, uh, foundation for the skate scene here. And they're, they are super supportive and just always doing incredible community events and Phoenix Am every year, hopefully Phoenix pro at some point. Um, and then just, you know, they have events every month. It seems like they, they really are like a, a unique example of a successful small you know localized skate shop nice yeah along those lines who are some young guns coming up in arizona right now like who's next to blow out of arizona who's next to blow out of arizona i feel like all the people that i'm gonna name are people that are like in their (laughs) mid-20s and and that's probably just because i'm in my mid-30s so like young people to me are like 25 but uh, there's a really good girl, Christine Cottom, who rides for Chris uh, Meow Skateboards, the company Kristen Ebling skates for. She's really sick. There is, I mean, all the guys right. in Midtone are really great. John O'Neill, Kaya Smith, Jesse Hiltner. But all those guys like work jobs. Like I can't imagine any of them, you know, leaving Arizona to pursue a, a career in skating or something like that. And I don't even really feel like there's a lot of people that have sponsors here, like that have like real sponsors where you're like, you know, on, you're getting flowed from the team manager with a potential opportunity to get on a company, uh, which is unfortunate. But I guess the thing that a lot of what you see a lot in the skate industry is people focusing on key cities, which is basically just LA, SF, New York, maybe Chicago. Chicago would be a trip because that was the the black box of skateboarding for so long. Yeah, my my uh, I was gonna say one other thing. My roommate um, Hayden Dean is a really good young skater, and they're eighteen, I think. So that's one person I know. There you go. I, me, I know a young person. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I can't even recall the Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Fine. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. What was I going to ask? I had a question. Templeton, you you got anything? It, I feel like this week was a big week for Arizona. There was like the, um, that video you mentioned, there's your part, and then that 303 in Phoenix. How did your video part come together? Like how long were you filming for that? And was like, at what point did it turn into, this is going to be my sci-fi part instead of just stacking footy as like a normal professional skateboarder does? Well... I would say that I have not been stacking footy the last couple of years. I mean, last year I went on that long hike across Arizona and that wrecked my body for, for like two months. Uh, and, and I was on it for like a month and a half. And I think that like in the last year, I've just, again, you know, I spoke about this earlier, but I just felt like I don't really have a lot of drive to go film and I don't have a paid filmer out here. So to go film feels really forced you know, a lot of my friends are guys that work jobs and they don't want to go out and film on the weekends. They just want to go skate, you know, the Slappy Curb or the, or Mitchell, which is a little prop park. We always skate. So I definitely feel like I was not, I've not been filming much aside from the stuff we made in DR, which was just like two weeks uh, that, edit, that came out on free from Dominican Republic. Um, I haven't really been working on anything. Uh, and when I decided to ride for sci-fi, I told Jerry that I was really wanting to film a video part because I just haven't put anything out that I felt really proud of in a while, probably since seance. And 
you know, I just wanted to, I don't think he cared either way, but I was like, if I'm going to have a board and it's maybe going to be the first board on your company, like it can't just be like, Oh, this guy rides, this guy we haven't seen much of in a while is pro for this company. And I wanted to make something that I felt proud of. And uh, so I started filming in secret uh, when basically no one knew, not even my really close friends or my roommate knew. I, I Eric Dinescu, who I film with all the time, I told him and uh, I was like, hey, I want to film this video part. So we would just go out on, you know, like the weekends at night and stuff like that. And that was probably just December through April. I mean, I filmed two tricks in the last week. So yeah, pretty much straight up through mid-April, I filmed uh, everything in the last four months. And I wow. wanted it to be longer, but you know, that, that's how it goes. Were those all sci-fi boards that you were skating? They were, yeah. Okay. And uh, a crazy thing was that I was I had two setups so that I could go skate the skate park. Because you know how people are. <laughs> I mean, especially with shaped boards. It's like if someone saw me skating not a shaped board, they'd be like, what the fuck? Um, and I just have ridden for Welcome for so long. And I definitely, in the period before I had quit Welcome, I was really paranoid about it because I was like, man, the worst, last thing I want is for them to find out before having formally quit. And so, yeah, I, I, uh, I was skating two setups, one at the skate park or when I would skate with friends and then another one that I would skate street with when I was filming with Eric. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. Ryan, that makes me wonder, like, when you're doing a big sponsor change, do you talk to your other sponsors about that? Like, you know, does Crux need to know about that or like anything like that? Or is it just like, hey, guys, like, do they find out when we found out? Uh, no, I told. Well, Kristen's one of my best friends and she's my team manager at. Uh, well, I mean, Kristen's one of my best friends and Alex is also on Dent City and a very good friend. And so uh, I told them in December pretty early on and then uh i think all my other sponsors i mean i don't even really have many other sponsors but i told them probably right after i quit welcome that it was going to happen and i didn't want to tell too many people because i just know how word gets out about that stuff and i thought it would be cool if you know it just would be good all around i think if if it just remained a secret for as long as we could do it but yeah they knew a uh probably yeah january mid-february and i i told them because i partially was like hey you know i want to keep doing stuff in skating because uh i actually you know i i re renegotiated my contract with crux in december and i told them that i was like hey i'm doing this thing and i like want to skate for the next few years because i think that they alex and kristen were like i don't really know if ryan wants to keep skating not that they were going to kick me off, but I definitely don't think that they were planning on putting much stock into me. And so now we're actually working on another pro truck. And, you know, I, I do feel uh, like I've got a little life uh, breathed into my skate career. Yeah, I feel like your your stock's gone up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I mean, does that, uh, I'm just going to ask the question, like, are you thinking now, like, all right, shoot people, where are you at? Um, yeah, I think you're always thinking that, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, that would be great, but I, I'm not going to keep my hopes up. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen right now, like this next week. <laughs> so maybe I'll keep you guys updated, but I don't feel very optimistic about that. But yeah, I did have that thought where I was like, eh, you know, if I could work out a shoe deal. Um, I mean, I know that there's like people who get paid, uh, that are on pro flow for some brands, but it seems like a lot of the big brands have cut a lot of that. So uh, yeah, I don't know. 
it'd be cool though, because I do feel like I've got some skate fitness left in me. And that was like part of why I wanted to ride for sci-fi is that, you know, the jock side of me wants to do skating while I can skate well, because I know that in four years, I'm not going to be, I mean, who knows Reynolds is fucking burial healing down <laughs> triple set still, but I, I definitely feel like, you know, by the time you hit 40, you're, you're probably not going to skate as, uh, with the same intensity as you are when you're younger. So I, I want to, I want to use that for all it's worth. Yeah. I, I, I think I kind of, kind of touched on it. Like, like sci-fi recommitment to being a pro skater, but what, what was it? Was it just, this is a, this is an awesome opportunity. I can't pass up. Was it, I still feel good. Like my legs still, still work. You know, it was, I I think it was a mix of all of those things. Like one, wanting to just work on projects that I felt stoked on Two, it just, I just needed change, like some sort of change because I just felt like there was no, no opportunity for growth at welcome aside from working at welcome. And I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to stay in California. And then three, I just was like, it'd be cool to ride for a small thing that there's a lot of excitement and buzz around, you know, I've not really done that ever in my career and it just felt like a cool opportunity to, you know, be a part of something that, you know, a lot of people wear it and are interested in the brand. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of buzz around sci-fi, I think. Most definitely. Oh, back to your part real quick. Uh, Cool thing about it for me, at least was that, pretty much none of the spots I had seen before. Like, where did y'all film for the most part? Um, Almost all that stuff was filmed in Phoenix, aside from the switchback 5.0 from 180 on the loading dock ledge. And the, uh, there was another trick filmed in LA that I can't remember, but, oh, the Nolly No Side to Crook. Yeah, all that stuff is just in Phoenix. And that's just, you know, I don't think Phoenix is really, great for filming street skating it's a great place for skating in general but there's not a whole lot of interesting architecture here so you got to work pretty hard to find spots that are pretty cool and you know we, we're always digging around downtown phoenix and asu those are kind of the two places where you can find lots of good shit yeah. but yeah I, I don't know i wanted to i wanted to find good stuff that i thought would like complement the the overall theme of the part and um, I was actually just talking about this with Ted Barrow, but he always is telling me because I get injured jumping down shit because I'm, you know, in my thirties and he's like, dude, just skate ledges going fast. That's what people want to see. And you don't need to kill yourself, but <laughs> there's always a part of me that wants to just jump down a 12 stair or, you know, whatever big handrail. Uh, but for this part, I actually did exercise some restraint and, tried to focus more on, okay, I'm going to skate ledges. I'm going to try to try to film some lines, but there was really only like a couple of lines in there, but yeah, trying to find interesting spots that, you know, are low, uh, low risk. Dude, I'm going to sound silly, but when I realized, I did realize it, that you were going to switch backside 50, 50 for a long ass time in that parking garage. And then you did it. I got very excited. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we actually weren't going to use that clip and we put it in like a few hours before we finished because I, I wanted it to just be a little longer. And uh, yeah, it, it turned out that a lot of people seemed to really like that clip. So it was cool. And I got, I mean, the slam is in there, but I got really smoked doing that. It was really, really tough. Yeah. Speaking of spot selection, shit like that, another spot that stood out was that 
fire hydrant when you did a nose slide, like you curved around it. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about your process with that a little bit. So I skated that spot in fetish uh, and I did a nose slide big spin on it, but that was like a long time ago. And it was also filmed on a VX. So I don't really think it captured that spot the way that I thought it could. And then when COVID started, I, w- I went back to that spot because it was that period when you're like going out skating alone because you're just afraid of everybody. Oh, yeah. And I actually filmed it on an iPhone by myself, the no slide nollie flip. And then I went back with Eric and we filmed it on a welcome board and then it never ended up anywhere. And so I went, was like, well, I, I had, I had like probably four or five clips that I was like, well, it's past the point of doing anything with them. They're on an old board. And so I, I refilmed a couple of those and that was one of them. And so we, we went back and, and did it again, but yeah, that spot is just, uh, magical the way that it works because i love no slide crooks and no slide pop outs and it's just perfect to get into a no slide and you just give it a little nudge and you go right over the hydrant and it, you know it's it, not as challenging as it looks i guess but you know it feels really nice when you do it and the the ledge uh, slides really well too well it looks cool and that's kind of the whole point yeah yeah what else yeah, I'm have? taking an issue with like it's easier than it looks because I don't know. I'm actually I'm I'm regular footed and I'm left foot deficient on everything. <laughs> Can't no slide that well, so. Uh, well, I'm definitely a no slide guy and a nollie guy, so maybe it just it speaks to my skill sets. The the nollie nose blunt pop out in the middle. I think you did that. Was that CDMX or a different video? Yeah, you're 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 left foot talented. <laughs> yeah i think i've I've filmed like three nolly nose one pop outs in the last year or so yeah probably there's one in mexico city and there was the one in the line in, in dr that was on the oh, line with the switch background i mean it's, it's a good not trick. a bad Why not? to have yeah exactly oh one one last question what are your favorite science fiction and fantasy books oh man i don't really feel like i have a good answer for this question <laughs> so, sorry i Movies? know Brutal, huh? Uh, and I am a I am a reader, and I'm definitely an audiobook guy too. But I I feel like everything I read is nonfiction, and so yeah, I don't I don't feel like I have a good answer for that. But anything that's not going to make me look like a poser, you know, I like <laughs> maybe uh, this is a real controversial one, and I don't think that this qualifies as science fiction, but uh, I I do like Infinite Jest a lot. And I, I know that there's some elements of that in that book. Um, I had, I, I guess I had one remaining question too, while we're on the personal Ryan Lay interview, like you mentioned that I think it was off air that you have a full-time job. Do you, do you mind saying what that is? Cause I think people that gives people the dimensions of what being a pro skater is now in 2022. Yeah, being a pro skater is just having a job now. Uh, no, I, I work for Skate After School, and we, I've been helping with Skate After School for a long time and kind of helped get it off the ground. And, you know, we're a, a nonprofit that does after school programs with elementary schools, uh, Title I elementary schools, which is like an indicator of lower income communities. But we have been doing it for the last nine years. And, Tim Ward, who's my other co-founder, co-worker, he's been doing it full-time for the past five or six years. And then in the last couple of years, uh, I've transitioned to, or the last year, really, I've transitioned to full-time because we just 
needed. There's just more work to do. And uh, it's work that I like doing. And, you know, we've got a little office and full-time schedule and stuff like that. So it's good. I'm happy about it. I don't ever feel like it's something that I've, you know, compromised my skate career to do. And, you know, if, if I still had a shoe sponsor, maybe I would like a, uh, probably figure out if I wanted to stay full-time here or not. But for now it's a, it's a good little gig and it's really complimentary to all the stuff I want to do skate wise. And we get most of the summers off. So yeah, it's good. I'm happy about it. Are you even at a point in your life where you could just skate full-time without having like other challenges? Yeah, I did when I rode for, I had a brief period actually when I was getting paid by Huff when I rode for Enjoy and I lived in New York and I was a full-time skater there and I skated like shit during that period. And then I skated full-time when I rode for iPath back in the day and Rasa Libre, but I was making like 500 bucks a month. But you know, when you're young and you're just like, whatever, it doesn't matter, I'll eat hot dogs. And then when I rode for Etnies, there was like a few years when I was riding for Etnies where I was just skating full-time as well. And probably three years, I think that was, until I got kicked off Etnies. I mean, I guess my my question, I should have refined it. Like, was it, was it challenging enough? Where Were you like... I get, I don't know. This is a weird question. Were you contented just skating full time? I think I was contented. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I mean, it sounds uh, great. I think, yeah. I think that it is like yeah, the thing with skating is that the more you do, the more you do. Right. So right. if you, if you have a busy schedule, you find time to skate and you really enjoy it, but no one can skate 40 hours a week unless you're a shod. And so for most people, you just end up kind of dicking around all day long and partying a bunch. And it's just really hard to avoid that unless you have school or some sort of side project. But I mean, look at uh, what's that dude's name from from uh, Philadelphia, Joby One. Yeah. Oh, shit. Now we're doing the Instagram. We only know him by the uh, Instagram. Uh, Joey O'Brien. Joey yeah. O'Brien. God, that kills me. Uh, that dude is amazing. And I think that he works a full-time job and he's so fucking prolific. And it's just incredible. But I think that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I wouldn't rather be a full-time paid pro skater, but I think there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it. Unless you're making enough money where you can retire off of skating. You know, if you're, if you're just making anywhere from, you know, whatever, 30 to 80 grand a year as a pro skater, you're probably thinking, okay, this is the gravy train is going to be over soon, which for me, it was pretty quickly. And what am I going to do after that? Am I going to be a guy who's 30, who's never worked a job and I'm going to go into, you know, my employer and, or my future employer and tell them that I was a pro skater. And they're going to be like, cool. Do you have any skills? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's, it is a, 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 it's nice to have the time and energy to, you know, pursue filming awesome video parts. Cause I, that's something I definitely struggle with now. I'm not as prolific as I was because I just have other things going on and it'd be great if I had a, a filmer that, you know, was paid to film me and the, you know, there was a little more industry support, but you know, also you cherish skating when you don't get to do it all the time. You know, if you live in a place with, with seasons, you get to skate when the weather's nice and you feel really happy about it. That's another thing I feel like is crazy about California that freaks me out. It's just that the weather is just the same all year round. Man, when I lived in LA, I did not miss the seasons. Really? Yeah, it was fucking beautiful every day. And then I moved back east and I was like, it fucking sucks. It's nice, like two weeks in the spring and two weeks in the fall. And the rest of the year, it's like 
hot or cold, always humid. And it uh, builds character. <laughs> yeah, right. I think I you got know, 20. Phoenix is interesting because we have seasonal weather, but we don't have winters. So right. the weather does change and it's like brutally hot in the summer. But I think that because we don't have winters, you don't have the like, you don't go through that period of not seeing the sun and having to shovel snow or, you know, being freezing cold. We just have, you know, multiple weeks of 110 plus degree weather, which is a different kind of hell, but not quite the same. Yeah, that's different. Well put. Well, uh, we've been going for a while. You want to do like a very quick lightning round on the recent videos? Yeah, lightning round. Quick takes, quick takes. All right. Since last we met, a bunch of rad videos dropped, including Baker's 420 video, a new Haytor part, theirs ruining skateboarding, a harass bit, or is it pissed bit? I don't know. Uh, their video, it's fucking sick. Violet put out a video. Uh, Jason, what uh, what did you make of this purple tinted Violet video? Listen, I think they're making progress towards reaching like a coherent brand narrative. You guys know I love brand narratives. Like, for example, at the end, they do that Donna Summer thing, like, and they had those like flash bulbs popping up throughout. Like, if I was them, I would go full like Studio 54. Um, with the art direction and shit because there's so much ill like imagery to work with there if you look at old photographs and shit but also interesting what you guys know another brand that had like flashbulb imagery at like the beginning of their video part or section in another video god i'm seeing it in my head and i can't quite nail it down menace yes 20 shot menace section so i thought that was kind of interesting also well as far as the skating I mean, Troy, he's everyone's favorite that like kickflip after ollieing into blah, blah, blah over the uh, barrier was sick. I dug the fisheye part. I think Bill's good at filming the fisheye. I think he toned down like the weird filming that everyone always talks about. And um, yeah, I dug that there was footage at the Hollywood Boulevard because that's like a real evocative heritage spot from like the world days too. So yeah, I, I dug it, you know, kids are ripping. I think they're making progress. Mike, what'd you think of this Baker video? So simply put, Baker is one of like the top five skateboard brands of all time, I think. Any disagreement? I mean, they've done it over 20 years. I'll go top three or maybe top one. <laughs> top one. I, I, I like that because like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just think of like, if you start doing the math, the term is that Baker is unfuckwittable and just like, I'm old, I'm 40. Some of the kids' antics made me uncomfortable. Not That's not the word for it. I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, these fucking dudes are too much. But that said, like, it's a great skateboard video. Templeton, you did put in my head the fact that Tyson Peterson has possum butt, like Felix Arguelles. Oh, I just said that full too hot take out loud. <laughs> I'll, He's a I'll great take skater. partial responsibility for that. We'll take all of it, man. God, yeah, yeah that was my take. The clips of Tyson yelling at the security guard, I'm just like, oh my God, are we still doing this shit? Dude, dude, get out of there. Yeah. Just just don't. Like yeah. you're getting paid. Over a Nolly flip down a 10 stair, you're gonna like uh I don't know, try to body this guy who's like probably making 15 bucks an hour sitting outside of a big corporate building. Oh my god. I, I don't know if we uh, was it was in the violet video too that they were skating those sets like it seems like that spot's kind of was dead and maybe jeremy rogers kick flipped over the rail and that needed to be the end of it 
I don't know. That said, Tristan Funkhauser, whose name should just be said over and over because I know names have been a controversial topic, but he's got now I'm ranking shit again. He's got like a top three name too. Uh, T Funk, and someone pointed this out to me on Twitter, and I, I kind of am into it. Like, I evidently the kid moved to San Francisco and just like unlocked galaxy brain levels of skateboarding. I think he's better than like meets the eye in that part, even though that part's insane. And that China Banks Ollie was more than it was cracked up to be in the photo. Even though more, the photo I agree too. I was yeah. so much more impressive than the photo. Even I just couldn't even believe it. This, the last angle too was just mind blowing. How crazy it was! Because yeah, it's it's uh it's make or die. Well, you have, have you been there? Uh, I've never been there. Have you been there, Ryan? Yeah, I have been there, and I mean, I'm not known for skating banks or quarter pipes, but that is a really tough skate spot. The line that he does where he skates it like a skate park is so freaky because that spot's just so tough. Like you can maybe eke out a trick in certain ways, but to just cruise it, it's not like the bricks are thick and it's got a kink getting onto the bank. And it's just, it's really challenging. And the thing that's crazy to me is that the thing I think would be most difficult about doing that Ollie is that right when you hit the bank, you might just like, do the thing where you do like a backside power slide and then triple backflip, you know? Gunk flip is what we call that. Like you just kind of, you power slide a little bit and then you just die. Yeah, because you're going so fast and you have to hit the kink like in the perfect orientation, like a perfect direction to get like, to even get the, the ability to ollie, you know? Well, when he ollied into the bank to start that, like maybe it was the opening line, that skate park line you thought you you brought up. Like I thought if he was going to ollie the bench, he was dropping in on that thing and then he just ran at it like that dude's a maniac yeah he is freaky i think that maybe he didn't do that because the bottom of that bank has a kink on it so it's probably a little challenging to to drop into but i don't know i, I haven't i never even knew that you could skate that bank they must have cut the rail on it or something they cut the rail yeah because when i went there the the there was a rail at the bottom so that's a new development yeah. and I, I thought that line that first line at china banks i was like oh shit he's like ollieing the bench in a line so it was like unexpected to see that line like i was expecting to see the ollie you know like we're all expecting to see that ollie at china banks so it's kind I was of an really, interesting uh yeah one of, one of my favorite tricks was the he ollies up the curb and then front boards that huge rail i love that and i it, you know like you see a lot of big handrail tricks in baker videos but that was so sick what is it in your mind that makes a big handrail sick i agree that that was awesome but like I'm a dude who's never skated a big rail. Okay. So for one, I love when people, I, I don't know where that rail is at, but it kind of looked like it was in a downtown area. And I love when people skate big rails in big cities because they're always really tough to skate and they just have a look to them with the marble and granite and seem like you have to put some work into skating it. Cause I, I always love that, uh, I feel like part of Jake Johnson's magic in minefield is that he skated a lot of big rails in Manhattan and you just don't ever get to see that. Or at least at that period, you didn't really get to see it. But I love when people skate those big rails in, in LA and in Manhattan and, you know, San Francisco as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause like a typical rail in like a schoolyard or business park, you kind of like usually have as much time as you need to like run up as much as you want. You can bondo the crack and, all that yeah, shit, it feels a little a more city. gamed out, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I'll just say like the the Minnesota curse is the it's like a suburban church parking lot rail from one level of the parking lot down to the other level of the parking lot, and there it's always terrible. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm picking up those good vibes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That that's such a classic Midwest thing. Just big old uh, hunk of grass separa- separating two parking lots, and then a rail that you could kill yourself on if your crook gets into a no slide. I I, I want to blame uh, the Chicago suburbs for that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan. Uh, what'd you think of that there video? I Ruining. thought it was awesome. It was really it was really heartwarming. Yeah. God, there have been so many good videos that have come out recently. Um, I'm good friends with Miles and I know Chandler pretty well too. And yeah, I don't know. It was just awesome to see a group of skaters that are genuinely very close friends. There's no orchestration behind the scenes, you know, making a video and kind of defining a new scene. And it just, it felt really special. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just Leo did a really good job with the edit and uh, a lot of the parts there's just, you know, hugs, but they never felt forced and just everything felt like, I don't know, just really good. Made me, made me smile. And also just really gnarly skating. The, the 50, the roll on 50 pop to 50 to back nose blunt. Holy shit. That was incredible. Yeah. That was for sure a standout. I mean, that, that guy, James Petoniak, I'd never even heard of. And yeah, fully impressed by his, his skating. Chandler's part as well, uh, you know, Chandler's kind of got like an early BA uh, Mike Maldonado thing going on. And he had mm-hmm. some really, really sick clips. Like the, the manual to Wally was so impressive how, how lanky he looks. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, it was like a, um, like a great bump to manual to it Wally. A, it was a great bump and he like barely squeaks into the manual and then Wally's out of it. And he had that really good backside flip down the three blocks. So yeah, I don't know. It was great. Um, and I'm a, I'm a Brianna King super fan too. So it was, it was awesome to see footage of her and I don't know. Yeah. I like the, the whole squad. Yeah. Shout out that one dude who skated in a leather blazer and a dare or whatever. <laughs> that was tight. <laughs> also the last dude fucking ripped Jeff, I don't know. I don't know uh, how do you yeah, Jeff him? Chung, who's the yeah, Jeff Chung. artist and owner of the brand. Just crazy how good his part no was. Shit, huh? yeah, yeah, who like knew? The, I know. Yeah, really, sick. really bringing in the heat for for company owners out there. I'm like, you guys got this. <laughs> and he had the sick glory push at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was like, really really awesome. It was tight. I'm gonna give a shout out to Steve Nasser as sick company owners because he's doing familiar skateboards. But uh, we digress. Templeton, any other? Did we touch on all the videos, or did we miss? I, I think it's always a good time to digress on Steve Nasser because I I saw him a couple weeks ago. I got drunk at this band's event in California, and <laughs> I, I, I literally just fanned out on him for like a half an hour. It was awesome. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just g up Nasser right now. Like, was it this winter? I don't know. He learned back back tail heel flip out and. <sighs> I don't know. He he's just he's just unequaled in the shit he's done for the Minneapolis skateboard scene. And honestly, like he's a hero. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully he never hears this because then I'll have to deal with him. It's but. funny because there's there's like two routes that older pros can go where they either look really uncomfortable on their board and it 
it pains you to see them even just ride around or they get even more solid and just so like Carol definitely was for me, like the standout example of that, where he just looks so good as he aged. And yeah. Nestor is definitely in that boat where he, the older he gets, he just somehow looks more solid. I'm like, dude, you're just doing the most perfect back tail backside flip I've ever seen. It just looks so comfy. He, he was a, he was a powerhouse like early on and just would you like so burly, so solid. And now he's got this tech side that, yeah, uh, he's, he's one of my favorite skaters ever. Yeah. That yeah. seems to be like a, a trajectory of like, start out gnarly and then move to tech, you know, as the body ages and can't, can't handle the big stacks anymore. Yeah, for sure. Unless, unless you're Reynolds. Then you're just good forever. Yeah. <laughs> what do we miss? Do we, do we need to talk about Hater? Hator? I don't even know how to actually say it. I think if I was 16, Hator would be my favorite skater ever. <laughs> but he, 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 he kind of like has a little too much sauce where I, I just, it makes me feel a little old watching him. But he is like such a remarkable skater and talent. Yeah, he has a little bit of the old uh, Quim Cardona dancey style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if very that, Quim If Cardona. that makes sense. That's what it is. But, but at the same time, everyone who comes out of Briggeria that is a big, uh, turns into a pro skater, kind of has a similar vibe and style about them. Like Vil Wester or Oski or Hator. Uh, I don't know. There's a handful of those kids and they all kind of have a similar loosey goosey style about them. Yeah. That part was sick though. It was like a, like a Mediterranean breeze. Like <laughs> so sick. much like, footage too. I couldn't yeah. believe how long it was. Yeah. Like really good spot porn. Like that one, like backside nose bump slide he did on that curved ledge. That was insane. That yeah, one he, so many so many good hard flips too. Switch hard yeah. flips, fakey hard flips. Yeah, he did like the switch hards and the fakey hards back to back in the line. That's a first timer, I think. So yeah, maybe that's the move. Like just just dump seven minutes of footage every year just to show people what you're up to, you know? Yeah, seven minutes of footage. I know I'm just like, how do you film seven minutes of footage on like a vacation? <laughs> maybe he's living there or something. Maybe he probably went there for the winter or something. That's probably more likely. Yeah, was it was it Barcelona or some other uh, Mediterranean destination? No, most of that of it footage was in Val- most of it was in Valencia. I oh, know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we filmed there a bunch, but a lot of that footage is in Valencia, Spain. Must be nice. Yeah, one of the things that stuck out to me was like the homies sitting at the cafe while while Hator's you know doing some hard trick, and I was like, damn, that's that's got to be the fucking life. Just sitting in a no, cafe no. watching your friend My- rip. Hey, he might be gunning for Sodi. He's already chalked up, checked off one of the boxes. <laughs> oh, the, the post hammer beer chug. Yeah, yeah, chugging yeah. a beer after you land a trick. Yeah, you you watch those clips and you're like, God, America is such fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> they're just at the most beautiful marble plaza, drinking a beer outside, just having the time of their lives, and you're just yeah stuck here. We got to go to a skate park that's fenced in. Yeah, Fuck. Tempe Park is a. a like very harsh with i mean those are bars they're like 12 feet tall yeah skate jail great park yeah but but, uh yeah yeah the older i get the harder it is for me to want to go skate parks like that because i i you know if you go to skate a park that doesn't have a fence and there's like some grass you could reliably have a good time that can transition into just shit talking but if you're going to a park with big fences it's it feels like you're going to the gym you know you're training yeah the fence is just a bad vibe yeah like tennis court all right 
cool. Basketball court, maybe not. Skate park. I don't know. One one of the locals here, and it's a fun little park. It's not. It doesn't have everything, but you know they've got surveillance cameras, and it's stated that if you you know get out of line, they're gonna shut this shit down. Skate park. Skate park. The thinking of cities around skate parks is insane, but yeah, Team Pain built a, built a few parks that have like a two story guard tower, and it really feels like prison. <laughs> That's amazing. Guard tower, huh? Did they? Yeah, uh, there's like one in Virginia Beach and one in Charleston with like the two story guard tower, and it's just very bad vibes. I mean, I fucking hate skate parks anyway, but that just makes I mean, it ten times worse. The, the Panopticon skate park. <laughs> Trying to bring your vent city vibes here, I see. <laughs> wait, wait, you guys can't handle a Foucault reference? <laughs> I want to talk about lifting with Jason. Hey, if you, I'll send you a workout plan. I'm trying you know, to trying to work problem. on my uh, my hamstrings. That's what I want to because I'm into running now, and everyone, uh, it's all about strengthening your hamstrings because that's the first thing that goes out, and I'm I'm trying to get into that this yeah. summer. All right, I got some shit for your hamstrings. Yeah. Though. Let's go. Yeah, I really would appreciate that. It'd be, be awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually do. Yes, thank you. Shit. I know a lot of people do like Romanian deadlifts, right? Yeah, yeah, Romanian deadlifts. That's a big one. Um, Linked in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll link that workout in the show notes. <laughs> Jason, you should make a video and put the put it on YouTube and be linked in the show notes to the Jason's Romanian deadlift. Listen, I haven't haven't made an made this announcement yet, but I'm pivoting to being a fitness influencer. Nice. So, yeah, that's good. Well, we'll we all be stoked to, be to get fit with Jason. <laughs> Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Ryan, as our guest, uh, you get to go first. What are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on well, definitely skate parks without front fences. Uh, but I, I would say that we're, I'm stoked on like little plaza parks. We've been trying to build those more, but thinking away from building big skate parks and more just little like skate obstacles that are cemented into the ground that provide a place for people to skate. I, I've seen a, a few examples of these in the States. There's definitely a lot in Copenhagen and uh, Sweden, but that's kind of what's been on my mind lately is, you know, five to ten thousand dollar projects where you build little little plazas where there's maybe just a couple ledges um, and i think that everyone if you're an urban planner if you work for the city you gotta like try to disseminate this into the brains of your uh, elected officials because it's really it's really what cities need and it's what skaters need too so i guess i'll say that i'm, I'm stoked on that mike what are you stoked on man i'm stoked on just getting that throw over, but also um, it's it's now been a long time, but I emerged from transcription purgatory and we took a week off. So we didn't get to talk about my quarter snacks feature about why vid- various video makers do or do not put skaters names in their skate videos, but that's up. That was a lot of fun to do. I talked to uh, Grant Yansura, Phil Lavoie, I think I need Patrick here to help me with my um, francophone pronunciation. But I also talked to Aaron Mesa, who is like an all-time hero when it comes to making skate videos, and also uh, Bill Strobeck. So link in the show notes if you haven't seen it yet. I transcribed 7,500 words to, yeah, <laughs> to get all those interviews down. And 
Dude, it was, it was yeah, I was like in a cloud. My wife was out of town. I was the only parent in town, and I just typed and listened to skaters. <laughs> so you're stoked on doing work that was hell. Sounds great, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, I'm actually not one of those writers where like writing is hell, but transcription <laughs> is hell. Yeah, it seems really. Uh, yeah, it's it's gnarly. You gotta. It's just like oh, I can't do anything fun for a while. Real quick, also stoked on. What do my notes say? Oh, um, today was the first nice day in Minnesota in three weeks. I have that backed up by the Minnesota Public Radio uh, meteorologist. So I'm stoked that we got some sun today. And then also stoked on John Shanahan's half cab kickflip on a quarter pipe that he posted on Instagram. That I think is like one of the stupider, harder tricks to do, like randomly hard trick half cap kickflip on a quarter pipe and that's it jason what are you stoked on stoked on a truck company out of san francisco california called venture trucks stoked <laughs> on a local video here in the dmv area called beltway it's called whistle it's just like dc shit you know how that goes actually there's not really that much pulaski footage in there which is um pretty refreshing like there's so many six spots up there bro it's ridiculous and um the homie carlos aka pooch of dc fame has some footage in there so that's pretty tight also stoked on another podcast it's called what it happened was it's about you know music industry people and the latest season has dante ross and he talks about you know basically signing tons of your favorite rap groups from the 90s like dell Pete Rock and CL Smooth, bunch of others. Like if you're in a music industry, lore or rap, hip hop, whether it's like golden age or current shit, it's pretty fucking interesting. Dumplin, what are you stoked on this week? Uh, I'm stoked on my cat Jasper. Uh, kind of sad he passed away a couple weeks ago, but just mm. stoked on uh, the memory of him. And like, you know, we got 11 and a half really good years with Jasper. So. You know, if you've got pets, give them a little extra love. Also stoked on an art show that I participated in a couple weeks ago called Paper Cuts. Paper Cuts 2, actually, uh, put on by the Pacific Northwest Collage Collective, and I ended up selling my piece. So that's pretty rad. I also designed a t-shirt for it. So, uh, yeah, stoked on that, that show and getting to go out to a random city in Washington and see a bunch of people. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Mike, where can the people find you? Oh, I'm online with the same Twitter and Instagram handle, at mmunzenrider. So don't expect much on Instagram anymore. Ryan, where are you on the internet? I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram mostly under my name. And yeah, the nonprofit we run is called Skate After School. And I'm also on Ben City. Yeah. Do, do you need to do a Ben City plug real quick? No, I mean, you know, we're another skate podcast. It's in the realm of mostly skateboarding. So if you like mostly skateboarding, you probably will like Ben City. I'll co-sign that. Ben City is good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that uh, it's important to have more skate shows where the hosts disagree with each other. So uh, I think you guys do a good job of that. And, you know, it's nice to just have opinions. We need more opinions in skating on air. That we do. Good God. And thank you for the kind words, man.
Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter at Carbonite1994, on Instagram at Frozen Carbonite, and I too write stuff for QuarterSnacks.com. Got something in the works uh, right now, hopefully, like beginning of next month, middle of next month, hopefully. So, yeah. Temple, then where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding and on Twitter at Mostly Skate. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Thanks, Thanks for your Ryan. Time, Ryan. Yeah, Thanks, thank bro. you. That was fun.
Come